And then number seven, and I believe this is the final appearance. This is the appearance to the disciples in Galilee. John tells us they were camped by the Sea of Tiberias. He further tells us that all the disciples were not present on this occasion. There are seven disciples camped there waiting for the Lord as the angel had instructed them to do. There were memories associated with this place. You see, Capernaum was his headquarters for the northern campaign. And it's just over there. You can see a beautiful Roman city, gorgeous city at that day. There's also where old Herod was. I can just see Peter clenching his fist in his teeth as he remembers the trial of Jesus before Herod. That old fox, Jesus called. Memories associated with this place. How many times had they camped around this lake? How many times had they crisscrossed this lake, feeding the 5,000, healing the lepers, and, and the man that Jesus cast the legion of demons out of? All of that went on around this lake. Nazareth's just over there, not too far. Peter's thinking back as they're camped there that night. The memories come flooding back. Some of you here this morning, you used to serve God with your whole heart. You used to run after God. Your desire for God could not be quenched. You were the first with your hands up. You were the first in the altar. You were the first at everything. Man, you, you, people had to get out of your way. You were pursuing God with such zeal. But something happened. Somewhere along the way, you got sidetracked. Being in a service like this, the memories come flooding back of the intimacies with Jesus, of His visitations with you. And He stirs in you that hunger for God. Nothing like it in all the world. Nothing can quench it. Nothing can satisfy it. You can try to fill it with possessions. You can try to fill it with activities. You can try to fill it with every sinful thing you can think of. But nothing but nothing can fill that place in you that Jesus has reserved for himself. So Peter, being the leader that he was, he says, I go a fishing. Bible says they went out and they fished all night and guess what they caught? Nothing. Nothing. And then Jesus comes along and he says, boys, cast the net on the other side. Now who but Jesus would dare tell a bunch of commercial fishermen how to fish? Nobody but Jesus. And so they do. And the Bible says that they catch such a large catch that they cannot even haul it in. And Peter recognizing Jesus by that incident, instead of helping his Brothers and his, his, his boys there in the boat, the Bible says he grabs his robe and jumps out of the boat and goes for shore. They're left to try to drag this net in by themselves. They can't get it in the boat. They wind up just having to drag it along beside the boat until they get it to shore. Jesus, I mean, Peter's running to shore. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Forget the fish. Forget the food. You know, folks, we're way past 12 o'clock. Some of your dinner bell went off a long time ago, but you're still here. Let me tell you something. When you're focused on Jesus, you're not focused on what's for dinner. So Jesus says, go help them, Peter. I'm, I'll wait right here. Go help them. So Peter runs back and he helps them to drag it in the shore. And here they are camped with Jesus by the lake, by the sea. I remember camping experiences, some good, some not so good. By the way, if the Royal Rangers ever invite you to go on a camping trip, ask them where they're going. I went with one. They hiked one mile straight up and one mile straight down. Can I tell you that I wasn't in shape for that hike? And it rained and we got muddy. <laughs> Count the cost. They sit down with the Lord and they eat. They could not contain themselves with joy and excitement. Would you like to have been there? Oh, man. 
I can just imagine what was going on, the conversation. He's alive. I, I can just imagine John maybe over here, he punched James. He's alive. He's back. Yeah, he's back, buddy. Oh, yeah, he's back. They don't know that he's going to leave again. But that doesn't matter. He's back. You know how I know we are on the right track in this church? It's because the people linger for the presence of God. They're not looking at their watch. They're not looking at the back door. They linger for the presence of God. They were content to just have Jesus with them. Because if you have Jesus, let me say it again. If you have Jesus, you have everything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you have Jesus, you have everything. So Jesus asked Simon Peter a question. Simon, son of Jonas. Notice he used his old name. Simon, son of Jonas. And say, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. He's taking him back because, Peter, you went fishing. Nothing wrong with fishing. But, Peter, that's not your vocation anymore. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? More than what? More than the fish? More than the other disciples? More than your cars? More than your houses? More than your job? More than your family? Jesus said, you can't be his disciple if you don't love him more than you love your mother and father, more than you love any material thing, more than you love anything. You got to love him more than all of it. You got to lay down your life. And you say, Pastor, you're not going to get a whole lot of people to fall in line with you this morning because I can tell you right now, they can go down the road to another church and all they have to do is go down to the altar, shake the preacher's hand, and they're okay, they're in. Hallelujah. And you are making it really hard this morning. I want you to go to heaven. More than that, I want you to experience Jesus right here in this life. I don't want you to get religious on me. I better straighten up, start living right, and go to church. You got it backwards. You need to get saved, and the other will follow. So he appears to them disciples. He asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord. He says it again. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Three times. What does he mean by that? He says, Peter, you are forgiven. See, you need to know you're forgiven. You need to know it. Not hope so, maybe so. You need to know it. And he's looking Peter right in the eye and he said, Peter, I forgive you. You are forgiven. And man, he drove that home to Peter. And then also he's saying to Peter, not only are you forgiven, but you remember how you worked with me those three years? You remember the ministry that you had? You remember working with me, uh, Peter? He said, listen, Peter, that's not finished. That's not over. I'm restoring you to fellowship and I'm giving you back the ministry. Man, when Jesus does that for you, you can't contain yourself. I bet Peter said, look out, boys. I'm back. Jesus said, I'm back. I'm back. Hallelujah. Some people here this morning need a second chance. Like Peter, you need a second chance. You started out and you did a good work, but you faltered along the way and you think maybe that you're out of the game. You've been benched for the rest of the game. No, you're not. I'm telling you this morning, you got a second chance. Hallelujah. I got a second chance. You can have one too. I can't begin to tell you how many second chances I've had. I told God one time, I don't want to preach anymore. I don't want to be in the ministry anymore. I'll just go to church, be a good Christian, pay my tithes and leave me alone. God left me alone for about two months. And then he came calling. And he's calling on you this morning. Calling on you. It's not over. It's not done. Not finished. I can tell you that my second chance was better than my first one. Hello? Peter got the message loud and clear. Of course, he said in his book that he wrote, To the elders among you, I appealed as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. He said, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. He said, don't be greedy for money, but be eager to serve. 
You're not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And he said, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, who's the chief shepherd? He said, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. You listen to me. No man can steal your reward that God has laid up for you. No matter what has transpired here, and no matter how people view you, no man can steal the reward that God has laid up for you.